just a quick disclosure to share in conjunction with this podcast. Each of us are speaking to our personal experiences and do not consider ourselves experts and cannot offer medical, therapy, financial, or legal advice. We represent a wide range of experience on the autism spectrum and will always honor each perspective that is brought to our discussions. Our experiences, opinions, and perspectives are all unique and different and will be celebrated. Thank you so much for listening and connecting with us. Thank you. Hello, welcome back to Navigating Adult Autism. I am Mary and I am here with Heather, Elizabeth, Tara, Dawn, Cynthia, and Kara. And today's episode is about expectations for our adult children on the spectrum. Some couple profound, some are high functioning. Um, we are just seven moms with a lot of perspectives, opinions, and experience in this field. And we're still navigating our way. And like I said, today we are talking about expectations, and that's a wide topic. And I'm going to hand it over to Heather to start it off tonight and just talking about people's expectations on our children, our own expectations, relatives' expectations, teachers, all all sorts of expectations. So what do you say, Heather? Hello, it's Heather. (laughs) What do you say? (laughs) I I say a lot about this subject. Good, I'm glad. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, when I think about that, first of all, I had read an article many years ago that was talking about how low expectations is the worst thing like we can do to somebody, regardless of whether they have a disability or not, because it affects people and, you know, what they're going to end up doing. So, yeah, for us, I think um, with Zachary being on the profound end and, you know, not having conversational speech or anything like that, I just think about in the earlier years, this is, I'll never forget. Uh, we had a fifth grade teacher that basically just wanted to teach him how to lick envelopes or wet them, I guess, with a sponge. Mm-hmm. And I found that to be really distasteful. Um, and, you know, people in the special education world may consider that a life skill. Uh, this mama doesn't. Um, I can teach him to figure out an envelope. What I needed them to do was have high enough expectations to teach him the things that I mm-hmm. felt like they were there to help me with that I'm not right. an expert on. Uh, so, you know, you have to kind of tackle that. I think we've all probably done that in an IEP situation uh, where goals are being set and different things. And it's just like, is that really all we've got going that we're going to try to get five out of seven attempts out of, you right. know? So we fought that our, well, our whole life with Zachary, he's 22. Um, I think now as an adult, and for the most part, nonverbal. I mean, he's got a couple of words he puts together, like pumpkin patch this week. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't because, Christmas tree. <laughs> uh, it wasn't Christmas tree because he thinks you got to get past the pumpkin patch. So that's what he's, you know, kind of obsessing over right now is pumpkin patch because he knows Christmas is coming. After the pumpkin patch. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but he can't, he's not going to respond to anything you're generally going to. You know, like you saw him the other day and you said, I think, how are you? Yeah, I said, hi, Zachary, how are and you? he said, I'm good. Yeah, he did. It was great. So there's practice things that he has, but he doesn't do that. But I find um, in the community, and that's why we started the page that we have on Facebook with him. Um, Which is? Everyday Adventures with Zachary. <laughs> and worth reading. Yes, very yeah. good. So we just felt like um, he was invisible to people. I mean, I think that word comes up uh, because they have no expectation of of him, I guess, talking to them or being able to communicate in any way. And I think a lot of times that the nonverbal idea is connected to like, um, you know, just, is he smart? Is he, is he understanding what's happening around him? Even if he can't talk, the answer is yes, typically. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, he understands a lot more than he's able to communicate back. And there's way more ways, um, to communicate than just, your voice. So um, I think all that stuff. So I do think it's important. I think as parents, uh, we've probably all struggled with this. There's been times where maybe I thought maybe he wouldn't be able to do something. And then, you know, he was able to accomplish it with a certain therapist or something like that. Um, But I can tell you that I think my disappointment in this area, after 12 years of school, I can name, you know, four people probably. 
that really had a high enough expectation for him and really brought out skills that like he was growing for sure. Mm -hmm. He wasn't napping. He was growing Mm -hmm. at school. So, um, yeah, but I mean, I think as adults, it just gets worse. Mm -hmm. I think it's not positive generally when we go out in the community. It very rarely is it positive. I I hate to say that because I know people are like, you know, most people are good and everything. And I think that's probably true, but I just feel like people don't know what to do and they just assume they make assumptions Mm -hmm. and it's really awful to just assume when you're talking about someone's expectations, what they're able to do or think about or anything like that. So um, it's definitely reared its ugly head Mm -hmm. in a negative way, but then also in a positive way. Like I say, the people that have been in his corner that truly see him and his, you know, ability to achieve stuff. Those are the people that I've stayed connected with all 20 years since his diagnosis. Those are my deepest friends. Some of them that saw the potential, like that's the kind of people I want my son around to be honest. And that that's across family, friends. I don't really care. Like if, if you don't have respect for the person and give them some sort of, you know, (laughs) expectation, I don't probably don't want to spend much time with you. Uh, with him around you know what I mean so um yeah I think it's important yeah I know everybody has all sorts of no that's a good example being around people that are I expect you to talk to my son or you know yeah yeah I just was thinking wow that's true I really don't want to be around people that don't engage with him or expect or they talk to you right they don't talk to your kid I mean that's right say hi to Zachary and if he doesn't say hi to you back I'll be sure and say something to you yeah. But definitely give him a shot at it because he answered Mary oh, when was, he asked when she asked him. It was so appropriate. It was great. Oh. Yeah. And even if he didn't answer her, that's okay yeah. too. It's you know? totally fine. At least you yeah. are acknowledging his presence. Yes. I think everyone wants to be acknowledged, whether right. you think they're super social or not. Right. Um, yeah, I definitely think that's important. Right. Yeah. Right. So your frustration comes a lot with the community still, you think? It does. I mean, that's the reason, uh, again, that we started the page because I we can't go out two times in a row and have like a positive he's normally ignored or they ask me something or they shoot a look or, um, you know, they step away or they move their kids out of the way or, uh, all mm-hmm. sorts of craziness that I think, you know, adults should understand. And maybe that's, I don't know what that stems from, but probably not being around anybody with a disability, which kind of leads back to that whole isolation issue. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a group of people that have disabilities that are sometimes not seen as much as other. Well, right. I mean, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. And that's that's an issue. Mm-hmm. So, um, for instance, like I just put a video Spill up it. about yeah. I put a video up about Zachary putting um, an OT. He figured out how to put short socks on. Mm-hmm. Well, I sit on the floor and put his socks on for the last. 20 years, right? I'm 48. I will not always be able to just sit in the floor. Like even now it's like, it's hard, (laughs) you know, but I mean, 20 years from now, like that's a really important skill. And what was interesting to me, and I think, you know, that kind of psychology of like, what are people thinking or whatever? But, um, it's funny that those are the times like I'm, I'm graciously trying to show you, I'm not saying he can't do this. He can't do that. He can't do this. He can't do that. I'm trying to show you like real life he put socks on for the first time in an OT session. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. But mm-hmm. what's interesting, though, people don't know what to do with that. Like, our group mm-hmm. would comment, oh, my gosh, way to go, Zachary. Yeah. You know, any other special needs family understands that. But if you go out and you talk about, like, well, he can't put his socks on, people just, again, they feel that that awkwardness right. that starts They happening. don't know how to respond. They don't know how to respond. It's like... I'm, this isn't a pity thing. This is, I'm telling you, I want you to understand our life. Like we try to understand yours so we can all have the support that we need. Right. And I have, no one needs to pity my son. We do whatever we have to do for him, but we could be excited that he put on socks. Just like I'm excited that, um, some other kid got their driver's license Mm -hmm. since we just talked about transportation recently. I mean, I'm happy for others. I'm, that comes naturally, but yeah. I mean... That they achieved their goal wherever they were yeah. at. So know. basically the sock thing is just an example of me trying to share, like... Because I think sometimes the concept of autism is, you know, 
its personality, its tone of voice. It's really not just that. There's all sorts of things that go with it. People don't, they don't know what fine motor skills are. No. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm right. gonna talk about fine motor skills every day almost. Mm-hmm. So and they're like, I don't even know what that is. So I just right. think it's interesting. So <laughs> just trying to educate people enough to know he's like a real person that has real thoughts. He does funny things. Um, and he does more than you think he's going to do. Mm-hmm. Almost always. Right. So um I think that's the beauty in having positive high expectations for everyone. I'm not saying my expectation would be college for him. That's not an expectation that makes sense. Right. But within our realm, what can I expect? And yes, I'd love for him to be independently brushing his teeth or putting his socks on, or those are all great things. Right. So to keep, to keep working on. Yes, absolutely. Would you rather someone ask you, like be totally honest and ask you what, you know, fine motor skills are, or you, yes. which then rather than just being weird. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, I, the weirdness is, yeah, I'd rather somebody just come up and say, you know, you know, maybe say, try to say hi to Zachary. And then if, then I might be able to tell right. you, I might be able to say my reaction is going to help you along. Mm-hmm. I, I'm mm-hmm. not going to, I don't want people to struggle to like figure out how to, you know, talk to us or include us in something. But but definitely asking questions is better than staring. And, you know, I'm sure all of us have had that, um, that issue before at some point. Um, and I just think as adults, it's just, I don't know, it just seems to be yeah. worse than it was when he was Yeah, I agree. And I was just thinking little. at a grocery store that hires a lot of people with disabilities. Um, I recently was there and I Can we like, say the grocery store? I think we should. Hi, Hi <laughs> Thank you, Hy-Vee, for hiring many, many, many people with disabilities. It's excellent, and I love it. And I, I've seen a few students there that I've had in the past or at the schools I've been at, not necessarily mine. But, um, but I'm always at the checkout. When I'm checking out, I always feel like it's my job to educate <laughs> that checker or the typical bagger because – and I was just there the other day, and I didn't catch it at first, but there was a, a – he was there – he kept talking about all the food that he was putting in the bag of, you know, so they were behind me and there was a typical kid there couldn't give a rip what he was saying and just really ignored him. And it just hurt. It, that still like hurts my heart. I still expect people talk to him, acknowledge. Mm-hmm. He was so excited. There was a cool ranch Dorito, something. <laughs> that is super exciting. Yeah. And, <laughs> but it was like a Frito. It was, I don't know what it is. Fritos, Doritos. Oh yes. Yeah. So he has one works for Frito like. Yeah. <laughs> So he was so excited to tell that. And this other kid was just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Not even making eye contact with them. And I thought, you know, I I just had high expectations. Well, everyone should be talking to him and acknowledging him and working with him. But, you know, having said that, he's working there. It's great. But um, I, like I said, I didn't even have eyes on him, but I could hear it. And I thought, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so I turned. I'm like, yeah, he, he's on the spectrum. I didn't say as much as I wanted to, but... Um, so that's twofold. Thank you, Hybe. And mm-hmm. second of all, typical kids, please be nice to everybody. I know that's a be kind uh, on T-shirts and everything, but I still expect more from people, even at Hybe, <laughs> to acknowledge the child that's well. They're not a child; they're an adult. Um, mm-hmm. Putting their groceries away and say, "Hey, have a good day. Thank you," and talk to them. You know, I always make mm-hmm. a point doing that, Elizabeth. Yeah. It's really, I'm glad you brought that point up. Mm-hmm. Um, in the work I do, we went to a middle school and did some training, and it was called Recognizing Abilities. And it was just teaching oh, middle schoolers about different diagnoses and mostly um, developmental. And, you know, we went through different exercises. We explained some things. Then we, you know, assigned role play and had them build gingerbread houses. And one person was assigned a diagnosis. And, and it was just a wonderful experience. We spent the whole day. About a week later, we got a, an envelope, of one of those big manila envelopes, mm-hmm. and it was full of letters from the kids. And the overwhelming thing that they said was, I didn't know I could approach them. I didn't know. I didn't understand. I didn't want to make them upset. I didn't want to throw them off. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to confuse them. And they said, with this training now, 
I will. I will always say hello. That's wonderful. I will wave. And like you said, whether or not that person acknowledges, because I know Nathan, he might not say hi, but he begins to recognize those that are saying hi, that are giving him the time. And then one day he will come up and start to approach that person because Mm -hmm. he knows that person is interested and cares. But really it was interesting. We, I mean, just tears and tears when we were going through these letters all of them just, except one, and um, yeah, they just said, you know. That was I good feedback. Did you ask for that, that feedback from no, the school? No, no. Okay. The school, the kids had oh. such a great time. We did three different classes, and they had such a good time that they came up with that and, and surprised us with those letters. That's yeah. good. Handwritten awesome. letters. I like that. I did. Jason and I did that at Ozark South um, when we had a we had a wonderful principal there that – invited us in every April and we came into Zion's classroom every year and read books. And actually Hannah read a book about being a sibling with autism. And, um, which we'll we'll cover that later too, by the way, Yeah, siblings. Um, Yes. And I felt like that, you know, us coming in and creating that open discussion with us, um, saying that maybe Zion can't tell you what he needs, you know, in this classroom. But, you know, if you have any questions right now, come and, you know, ask us right now. And it was really cool, some of the questions that they had for us. They felt like it was a safe environment to ask us because sometimes he had behavior in class and stuff like that. And it was, mm-hmm. um, you know, uncomfortable. So right. it was, uh, you know, that's why I asked Heather. I was like, do you want people to ask questions? Right. And, um, and when, when, when it's like a secret or if they don't know what to do, you know, it's like, you know, it's, un, it's uncomfortable for them. Mm-hmm. They would rather deflect or not, you know, say hello or, or something like that. But when you open up that discussion with kids, with adults, That's you true. know, I, I feel like, I feel like in my life, I've given people a lot of grace until they don't deserve it. Right. Mm-hmm. I want them to well ask said. questions. I want them to have, you know, I want to be the safe environment for, for someone to learn. Because if those kids don't have a child with autism in their class and they no one brings up that safe, you know, that safe environment, that place to um, be free to ask anything and me not get offended. Right. Um, then they're never going to learn. And, you know, you're, you're missing that education experience. Right, so. right, right. Yeah, it can't be, become a ta- taboo right. subject. That's right. the worst thing that can happen. Right, right. So, Cynthia, your expectation of your son getting married, did you ever expect that? No, I didn't. <laughs> I really didn't. I always prayed that he would because I knew that he wanted to. Oh, there yeah. you go. Yeah, he did want to. He always told his counselor. They always talked about that. But um, I didn't really think that he would because he never really dated or anything. But um, then when he started dating this gal and they – Started doing a lot of stuff together. It was really a blessing. And then to find out they were going to get married, I was a sho- it was shocking at that time. It, but they dated a couple of years, though, so, but still. Oh, mm-hmm. that's a long time. Yeah. That's good, then. But during his younger years, I think we always kept the expectations high from him. I don't know. We just did. Right. And um, I always felt like he could do anything, and I would always tell him, where well, there's a will, there's a way, and you can do this, Eric. And then there were times that every, you know, he failed and failed and failed, but we still just tried to keep going that saying, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. Because he still wants to be in a zoo someday. And that's where his heart is. And I, don't think, I don't know if he's going to be happy unless he is at one. Right. You know, just working be, in a zoo. Yeah, working he's, in a zoo. He said be in a yeah. zoo. No. <laughs> I was like, huh? Just working in one. Yeah. 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 He likes elephant poop. Yeah. <laughs> Remember the previous? Yes. yes. And, and tolerate that smell better than yeah. musty books. Better than yes. musty books. Yes. Exactly. yes. Right. That's a good one. Yes. Exactly. Said, so he has a high expectation himself because he, he wants to be at the zoo he does yes and didn't he get his animal what did he do for at otc he got his, his animal science two-year degree and then he started back he started at msu to get to go two more years and then when they got engaged and everything was going on he had to step out mm. because it was just too much right he might go back he doesn't know but he'd like to go back and get the four-year because he feels like most places want you to have a four-year degree those are the people that he sees getting all the jobs. Yeah. Even though some, you can just have a two-year degree. So oh. depends on the place. Right. Well, it's still something to work on. It's, yes, it is. Yeah, something yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Anyone else in expectations? Anything jump out at you on 
Elizabeth? Well, it's, it's kind of interesting because I, you know, I thought about what I was going to talk about. Of course, nothing I was thinking is what's coming out because it's just as we talk, things come out. Um, but I remember, you know, those early pre pre-employment type skills and all the talk was stocking shelves and shelves and straightening. And I just thought, no, I expect something different from right. my son. And I just, I just couldn't, I, I really struggled with that expectation. But in the last couple of years, I've realized that's Nathan's strength, that that's what he loves. He loves to organize. He likes to put things on the shelf a certain way and make sure they look good. So much so that last week, when we were at a local craft store, Hobby Lobby, he was approached and asked to turn in an application. Now, again, Nathan is my um, nonverbal. He's he's got he's got some communication, but yet yeah, no no uh, social communication. Um, can answer questions. They might not be reliable. A lot of echoing. But yeah, he was mm-hmm. actually approached, and I, just a couple months ago, he was asked by a, an older woman at our Barnes, local Barnes and Nobles was approached him and said, sir, do you work here? As he was straightening the books. Oh. So <laughs> you know, I really had to step back and think about that because that was that expectation and that thought. I just, I thought, no, he does not need to be put into a box because that was the go-to. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But then when I realized that's what he loves, yeah. and that changed okay. my, yeah, my thoughts. And, and yeah, it's not that, that it wasn't, it wasn't that it was a bad thing. It was just that was the box. It mm-hmm. was one of the only boxes that they put, uh, you know, in, mm-hmm. in those, in some of those employment programs. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. wow. So is he going to work at the? Well, we're turning in the application okay. tomorrow okay. and, you know, we're going to yeah. talk, but he's also had um, a Walmart interested in him. Okay. The Walmart, as, right. As well. So um, just because of, you know, people seeing him and, and watching what he does and those, you know, those skills that he has. Right. Well, and that's, that's fantastic. It is awesome. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if that's what he likes to do, then if he does right. it for three years or the rest of his mm-hmm. life, who cares? I mean, if it's, if he's happy and that's what he wants right. to do, I think that's great. And I, yeah. And I don't, I, when I changed my, my expectation, it was more of a shift. It wasn't up or down. True. It was just sideways mm-hmm. because it's, I don't think any less of of that, that's something that's going to make him happy. It's very needed. Um, it, it's good, good work, good labor mm-hmm. um, that many people do. So, yeah. Oh, good. Well, Don, I'm going to jump in for you be, and you can jump in. I, I've told this story a lot here. Stop me if I've already told it on this podcast, but when we went to Volk Rehab with JR oh, for mm-hmm. him to move up and um, I won't mention names, obviously I, I do like Volk Rehab. Um, but the expectation was another was another job that's for Kara. that's for him. I went with Dawn on a what was it a job exploration meeting? I guess Did because I know? no, okay, no, you didn't. Um, no, it was when we first decided that we were going to make another stab at competitive employment. Yes, yes, because Jr. So was at the workshop at the time, right. and so, we're so opening a file yeah. yet again, yet again, yes. And I was going to go just for support, and then. Um, the person at the workshop couldn't make it because she was ill, but I, my expectation was really high for Jr. And when the first, when he walked in and he wanted to give Jr. that job, pushing carts, and I thought, are you kidding me? He's been five years at the workshop in a manufacturing job with boxes and time cards and and working a a factory type position. I forget he was, you know craft products and, uh, you know, ripping off boxes and putting them back together and putting mustard and line. I, my expectation just sunk for that particular person. Cause I don't feel like the expect, he didn't even give JR a chance to even explore what his skills were and what he could do. And my expectation was much higher for JR. Yeah. Um, Cause he was so experienced by that point. And for someone just to kind of drop lower that expectation that would not have been good for him and i think that's what irritated me the most um mm-hmm. anyway my expectation was higher on that and then it ended up working out fine um and it was yeah, probably we've had bumps in the road for sure yeah we all have but um that was my expect i don't know how you felt about that but i i did kind of jump in there for you yeah no that's all right yeah. um i mean even at the meeting <laughs> <laughs> No, that's fine. <laughs> you know, it's uh, what do I expect Jr. to 
to be able to do. Um, it does change. And I, I hope I'm pushing him in the right direction, pushing him north towards success. And I'm sure, I, I mean, and I've learned a lot from all of you. I think VR, I, I wish I had come prepared better maybe for that meeting. Mm -hmm. If I had taken some video, here's what he's doing at SWI. Because people don't know. Yeah, but you shouldn't have to for VR. You well, shouldn't have to. They I, have his file. They know. They shouldn't. But anyway, okay, another that's, topic. That's but true. You don't need but to But there's do some that. things, there are some things that I can show that he can do that maybe other people don't know. Here, here's an example. Um, this is somebody from Enabled. So this is a faith-based disability ministry who has hired JR uh, in some property management things. When, when a tenant moves out, leaves a mess, they just need a, a lot of hands to carry stuff out. And so this person has hired JR to do that. And so JR looks up to this person and, uh, <laughs> contacted him to cha uh, to help us with his exhaust fan in his bathroom. JR went, he's going to do a replacement. So he goes on Amazon. He, you know, he gets the replacement, he gets it ordered, it's delivered. And so when this individual came out, he was a bit taken back when he realized, no, JR didn't tell us a thing about this. He ordered it all on his own. He paid for it, you know, and he wasn't expecting GR to be able to do that. So at some point, you know, documenting accurately what True. he can do uh, would have benefited. Um, when I was thinking about this topic, one of the worst things that I've done in this journey, when JR was transitioning from early childhood um, to elementary, um, he didn't meet many of his IEP goals. Well, I would, I mean, I went to the meetings. I did. I didn't realize that he wasn't meeting IEP goals and that I should be asking questions. Why is he not meeting goals? Is it because the goals are out of his reach or is it because he's not being taught in a methodology that he can achieve at? And I came to the conclusion, Jr. was capable and he was going to school every day, but he wasn't being taught in a manner that he could progress. And so got a little bit training in an ABA-like thing. I did what I called the poor man's version. So I'm documenting, so a hybrid homeschool. So he's doing stuff for me, paper and pencil that I then can take to the school, um, Jared just did this for me. Is he doing this for you? And the teacher's just looking at me. No, she hadn't asked him to do any of that. She was a speech pathologist, you know, extremely trained, professional. And when you saw Jared's classroom, you realized why you know, you had a high need concentration. There was no time to teach. And so, you know, looking back, I think that was a regret, um, not challenging more. Why is he not meeting IEP goals? And because he wasn't meeting IEP goals, then he went into that self-contained classroom where they're just... So what, your expectations? So your expectation was higher for the schools. Or your expectation yes. was higher for you. You thought you should be, your own personal expectation should have been higher. Is that what you're saying? I'm, I'm saying that I should have been pushing harder for JR, asking more questions. Yeah, I feel the same way. Um, yeah. I think a lot Me of too. us nowadays, you know, well, you know, today we look back and think, hmm, you know. And we've we got to give grace to ourselves, you oh know, gosh, as yeah. well to our... Uh, Turns that you're going through at the time, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, and I think that's a whole other topic is school and education and classrooms. You know, wow, that'll be a topic for another day. And not all bad, a lot of yeah. positive experiences too, but um, 
having worked in the public schools and, you know, getting the other side of it and seeing what happens in special education classrooms, that's tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, very bad for teachers. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's not a lot of learning going on mm-hmm. on some days. So, you know, there's times I was like, ah, this is why, you know. But anyway, that's a whole other topic. Yeah. If, if I have something to add. We were at an IEP meeting once also, and we'd gone to get an outside evaluation just to bring to the evaluation so people could read it and see it. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they said it was, he, he needs a rich um, sensory diet. And then the educators or the, like a specialized person, well, that's something you get from home. That's food. Which, <laughs> oh, boy. That was, <laughs> no. Oh, oh, yeah, little training yeah, for that. Little training. Yeah. Food a lot would be of training. Way, a lot easier. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that would, yeah, yeah. If that was just it. Yeah. Yeah. So what if about, you only eat five foods for you know, that's right. 10 years. Everybody needs because to go of the to the texture. impact training, too. I don't mm-hmm. know if anyone's. I did in the past. Yeah, too. When, I mean, at least know your rights. and, and Oh, and, yeah. We've and all go, been. Yeah. That was part of all of our yeah. list mm-hmm. when we were. Mm-hmm. And. Well, we're getting off the subject here a little bit, but I will say with that impact training, your rights and all that, I just saw a whole another side of it. I, you know, I had parents really fighting and really trying to nail a special ed teacher to the wall on something. And she was brand new. She just got out of college. She didn't know everything about oh, autism. Yeah. You can't do that to a person. Mm-hmm. Your rights and fighting that she, you know, give her some grace and help her out here. Right. So in some instances, it's definitely. Well, I just meant, it, I just meant but, the whole IEP process in general. Yes. I mean, you don't have to like just nail the. <laughs> yeah, well, meeting I, your goals, like why yeah, didn't you? Yeah. Why didn't this teacher help my child meet the goals? And well, that's a whole. How can, job yeah, about, how can but, you develop expectations if you don't even know right what to ask for? What exactly. to, yeah. Right. It's by listening maybe to other parents' stories. You know, people who are two years, and so Mary, I mean. I've already told you, I was walking in your shadow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I remember speaking of impact and Ruth Dunnigan, I don't have permission to use your name, oh, but you she know. She's very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember it was an impact training. It was at the library center. And my son at that time was still in elementary. And her son, Ruth Dunnigan's son, was there in the library. And uh, during a break time, her son came in, talked to her, and walked out and I remember going, <gasps> you mean you just let him wander through the library all by himself? <laughs> That's and I you know it's one I, well a bit jealous because right, right. you know at that point in time I I would have been the helicopter mom, you know. Um I, I wouldn't have dreamed of being able to do that. But man Ruth Dunnigan's son did it. Well, yeah. maybe. Yeah. I think a lot of us back in the day all relied on each other a little bit because it was yeah. still so new. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's still so much information coming out about autism, low and high. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, and educating our teachers at the same time and each other and all that. So Because yeah. I, I remember I actually was thinking about that this week. You know, with my first, she's 31 now. How I learned about autism was going to Project Access. We Correct. were living in St. Louis, came Same. down to visit my parents, go to Project yeah. Access, check a book out. They gave you a big envelope with postage on it so you could put it back right. in the mail and get it to them. Yeah. And that's how we Then I went to the we regional started. center. We were told all to go to the regional center and what a to shout expect. Out to, shout out to Connie Klein for Project Access. So maybe True. that's for another story on how right. Project Access got started and... A True. little bit of its history. Right. Yep. What about family expectations? You guys uh, all have different family expectations? I did. I, yeah. You know, my daughter, um, my husband comes from a very large family. He's last at a nine. His wow. family are wonderful. Um, we um, had expectations for family, expecting him to invite her different places. Mm-hmm. Um and it got to a point uh, that they had, we were out of town and um, some of the family had got together and they didn't invite Kelsey. Mm-hmm. And and it wasn't the first time. It had happened numerous times. And I'm like, and that day when I found out that she hadn't been invited and they were in town and I'm like, oh, it just Crushes burned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. under I'm just like, Really? One more time, mm-hmm. you know? And what if she finds out 
that they went off and they did something and she wasn't invited, how her feelings would be hurt. And I don't think that they really realized that. And so I was in the car with my husband and I was like, I'm going to send him a text. I'm going to put it, I'm going to put it out there. And so Roger goes, no, be nice. And so what I ended up, I grabbed his phone that it was from him. And he, he turned around and he texts and he goes, you know, I, I wish you would include my daughter. I can't remember exactly what was in it. It was pretty long. And he sent it to every single one of his siblings that had gone. And I think even the nieces and nephews, because nieces and nephews had come into town and, you know, they all got together. But did they invite Kelsey? No. Wow. So um, he put this in a text and I read it out loud to him in the car. And I was like, are we sure we're going to do this? And he goes, he goes, it needs to be done. And I'm like, <laughs> Okay. I was like, you push in. <laughs> and so he did. And it was quiet for a little bit. Nobody responded. I was like, oh no. Oh no, what do we do? And um, but then a couple of them did send back texts, you know, and apologized. And um, and from here on out, when they come into town, like if we can't go somewhere, they'll actually, without us telling them, they will call Kelsey mm-hmm. and say, do you want to go? And, you know, that's huge. Yes, yes. See, I expected them to do this, but it took a little bit of communication to let them know yeah. how we feel and how she could possibly feel. Mm-hmm. And um, things changed. And they've been good ever since. Oh, they, and yeah. like I said, did they realize that they had done that? Or see, I always. I don't think a, they realized it. I yeah. don't think they realized it until we put it in that one text, right? <laughs> and because then they, um, but yeah, from here on out, you know, they they actually they'll they'll call her like um, you know, sister, and my um, my nephew had come in town and played for a band. We couldn't go. My sister in law called Kelsey without us even saying. And called Kelsey, hey, Kelsey, do you want to go? Because she doesn't drive, so she's going to need a ride. Yeah, she went by yeah. and picked her up and took her over there. Oh, and Kelsey had great. a blast. That's neat. That's you know, I great. called her the next day, and she told me about it. Yeah. So, um, you know, I expected them to know, but then they didn't, and then mm-hmm. that took that that communication. Right. So expectations for family, sometimes you have to verbally say it because they don't get it. Well, mm-hmm. I also think that, I mean, I always... Verbally or put it in text, yeah. one of the two. <laughs> Sometimes this is a fault of mine is that I see everything from er, both aspects. So like Zion doesn't want, you know, he he doesn't show up a lot. He doesn't, you know, want to be there. So they don't invite him or, or they may have not invited him. Our family's fairly good about that because they always want him there, but he definitely wants to be invited. He just wants to have the choice (laughs) on whether to go or not. (laughs) So, you know, you Interesting. St- you know, you still want to be invited. You want to be included um, yeah. and be put in the group text or what, not, not your group text, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the group invitation text. Right, right. But uh, at least given the choice. You yeah. Know? Well, because it hurts our kids' feelings. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think it can. I think it depends. He's probably not going to go, <laughs> but he wants to be invited. Right, right. The education of that, I think, is probably sometimes what they need. Because maybe, mm-hmm. like for Zachary, maybe they wouldn't invite him because they you just wouldn't think he'd be successful wherever they're going. Or he wouldn't want to go or, right. or could he handle Something it. Something like that. Or, I mean, yeah. for any of our kids, maybe it's just a lack of understanding and a little bit of education because families need that just as mm-hmm. much as mm-hmm. anyone else. Yeah. Unless mm-hmm. you have, like, a lot of deep conversations with them while you're trying to, mm-hmm. you know. right do all the logistics of having a diagnosed child and all the stuff that you have to do. So, uh, yeah, giving them some grace once they've been educated and then, and then expect something different from them. Yeah. A different result. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know about, you know, expectations that I think that if we're informing our listeners, I think that is something that they need to talk about is, or think about is expectations and speaking up rather than not being quiet. I just remember one, time that just thought of it tonight. So hopefully this will go well with the family. I know. Uh, I'm looking worried too. <laughs> I know. I'm like, huh. There was two family weddings close together in St. Louis. I'm from St. Louis. Um, and there was two family weddings and um, our son wasn't invited. I mean, part of one side of my family is very um, articulate. And if your name's 
listen, if your name's not on the invitation, you're not invited. I mean, that's just the way it is. If you're invited, they spell everyone's names out, especially to a wedding. So his name wasn't on it. And it wasn't the first time. And I think it was probably just the mode that I was in (laughs) that, but my niece and nephew were invited and they're all like six months apart. So they're very close in age. And I think one of them might've even been in the wedding, but my son still wasn't on the invitation. And I thought, are you freaking kidding me? (laughs) He's not included in anything. Then we're not going. And he's not even included in family stuff. Are you Mm -hmm. out of your mind? Like, but there again, do they know the life we live? Probably not. But I was semi close to them. And I just really rubbed me the wrong way. How dare you invite my niece and nephew and exclude my son Mm -hmm. who is excluded and not invited to anything. And so, yeah, not going. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. what I, and plus it's a big deal to get in the car, to pack him up, to educate him how to behave at a wedding, even if he wasn't, I mean, at that point, and he was probably in middle school, a little younger, maybe, I don't know. But, um, my expectation kind of changed there and I thought, okay, this is the game we're playing. Now I have, you know, we all have these things we have to tackle. Um, but I thought, okay, now I've got to tackle this issue. <laughs> like with family, this mm-hmm. stinks, but you know what? I don't have time for that right now. <laughs> you know, I, this is my life, but I really expected more. Sorry, family, but I did expect a little bit more, um, from them, not my immediate family. My in-laws are fantastic. My parents are great. My siblings are understanding. I still think there's a little bit, what's going on? <laughs> you know, like with certain behaviors, um, but yeah, I expected a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I, and even now, I always get compliments on him and how wonderful he is and polite. And well, then ask him to do something for crying out loud. Like, you know, invite him somewhere. But I don't think like Zion, he probably doesn't want to go. I mean, I invite him to this fundraiser every year that we're doing um, for the workshop. And because I know he'll have fun. And he, I don't know if any of your kids do this. It's always a bad idea at first, but then they think about it and it's probably a good idea. But he always tells me, are you out of your mind? Quit inviting me to things. Like, I'm not, I don't want to go. Why do you keep talking about this? And I'm like, you know, that because you're going to have, because I think part of it is educating them. Like Mm -hmm. what to expect, you know, you might have a good time. You're going to know somebody there. This person's going to be. broadening their horizons. Yes. Which again is an expectation that you're setting that it's not going to be just the basement that they're comfortable with. Right. We've got to make them a little more comfortable in other areas. Right. And with autism. A lot of times you have to tell them what to expect. Yeah. So they'll conform or, or be able to have a good time. So I was trying to tell him what he would, ha- well, he still doesn't know if he's going to go this year, but um, yeah. Anyway, I just try and involve him as much as I can without being too pushy. But on the same time, he does like his alone time. Like yeah. Zion, he, would he go half? No, he'd rather, and he is happy and he doesn't ever say, I'm not invited to anything. He doesn't, I don't think he has that concept in his world. He has a lot of friends and he does a lot of things. Thank and, he, and he does do a lot of things. And I do think that's a blessing in disguise mm-hmm. for right now. But yeah, I think the expectations, I always have to give Conrad expectations on what to expect, even at work still, yeah. and what to expect here and what to expect here. And then the whole family expectation thing. But I got over that. It was a long time ago. But it still kind of hurts a little bit. I'm not going to lie. But and I'm back with Mary. I had expectations of that with my family when he was little. And had expectations mm-hmm. of him being invited whenever when all the kids were invited to go somewhere. Even if it was like a zoo or to Silver Dollar City or just to go for a hike. And he wasn't invited. Right. And I'm like, why would you not invite your... Because he didn't get invited anywhere. Well, and then was he old enough that he realized he saw that he wasn't being oh, invited? Oh, yeah, he did. And like I said, I'm sorry, family, too. But it, it happened over and over yeah. and over. And it, and he was. He was always hurt by it. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And then now, they, now they've now they all kind of gone their own way. So it's different. But, yeah. He notices everything. It does, he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think my son doesn't notice a whole lot. Maybe he does more than I think, but mm-hmm. I don't. And I do think that's a blessing in disguise a little mm-hmm. bit for him. But yeah. it's harder on autistic kids that know what's happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very hard. Mm-hmm. It makes me so thankful for Hannah. Uh, tonight, Hannah invited Zion to craft night at her house where everybody brings a craft and uh, you come over and eat and she invited her brother and he's probably going to be God. hanging out with a bunch of girls <laughs> <laughs> doing What's crochet. <laughs> and 
I said, he said, well, what craft am I going to do? And I said, well, maybe you could rebuild your Game Boy. <laughs> he said, well, that one was really hard. I was like, well, oh. it's, it, it's all sitting in parts on my, on my kitchen Cute. island in there. But um, yeah, so I, I'm so thankful for Hannah because she invites him to everything and she is so kind and wonderful and all of her friends are wonderful to him. And that's just part of the educating Right. You know, if, right. you, if you have your brother there, he has found friends just by him being in the room, you know, right. and, and, right. and, and, and them Hannah's learning. friends are watching how <laughs> Hannah interacts yep. with him. And so she's cluing them on how to do it. Yes. So that's, yeah. yeah. And the yeah. more comfortable to be around him and not even think anything of it. I mean, right. Right. and that's what we want. Yeah. Right. I right. feel like, I feel like sometimes, I mean, I was listening to all your stories and I feel like sometimes... And I, and this is just to make my life easier, is sometimes I temper Zion's expectations on what it's, what's going to take place. Because I like the social security, um, what is it? SSI, what does Mm -hmm. it stand for? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Social security income. Uh, Supplemental social security or whatever. Yeah. Um, So I set this up that he was going to get this. I set it up too high. And then he's drastically, you know, he, he gets denied the first time, the second time. And I feel like sometimes, and I should have done it with this, that, that, um, sometimes I temper it so much because I don't want to, I don't want him to be defeated (laughs) almost. And I think that that's what we do as autism moms where we want the expect expectation to be set high, but not too high because, Mm -hmm. If they can't ever reach it, we don't want their spirit trampled. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There is a fine line. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or have a meltdown. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we are going to go to the hearing. Um, we're going to do the hearing for SSI. But I don't think um, they'll let the parents in. Mm-mm. Well, I, I didn't mean. Okay. I mean, we just did the paperwork for right, it. Right, right, right. Um, but I just feel like, okay, you're going to, you know, like you, you'll enjoy college. You know, let's try this. Let's try that. I expect you to, you know to graduate high school and he graduates high school and then I expect him to have a job and then, then they fire him and then he's devastated. And he's like, Mm -hmm. well, I've, I've tried that, you know? So sometimes it's, it's, there is a fine line. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, like you want, you want to have high expectations, but you also don't want to send him so high that he fails every time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that's with any child. Yep. I have what I call (laughs) realistic hope. So I'm a realist. But I'm also fairly generally positive and have hope, whatever. But it is, it does have to be um, measured, I guess, into what, just like the college thing. Like if I, and that would be really like a hope and dream that would be on me. That would be my fault for having that because that's, that's obviously not if I'm using realistic, you know, thought Mm -hmm. process, that's not going to work. But what are the other things that fit within the realm of where Zachary's at? Right. That would be, you know, the the levels of expectation obviously are different for everybody. And you have to, you know, Zachary doesn't feel bad about, you know, like social interactions or not getting a whatever. He could care less about that, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) (laughs) He's just going to script some veggie tales and go on with his life. (laughs) But, But if you're struggling with that, I mean, that's, I've learned a lot from you guys, uh, all of you just in the few, you know, podcasts that we've done already, but just about the other, that's what I think is so great about the spectrum. I'm not sure, (laughs) you know, that the diversity and us learning from each other, like, um, you know, when Zion driving or working or, um, you know, your son getting married and all that stuff, like it's, it's been interesting and I'm learning from you guys, um, you know, about what expectations and all that stuff looks like for all of us, which I think helps, helps all of us, even if we're not in the same spot. Yes, right. yeah. it helps. Right. Yeah. So it just reminds me, I, when my girls were young, and really trying to explain that, that expectation and, and thinking about their life and, you know, them facing disappoint, certain disappointments as they grew. But I, I really broke it down to it's what you feel inside. I said, I've been part of these big conferences and put, this, put these big things on, and it's wonderful, and I feel good. I said, but I had that same feeling when I was putting on your Blue's Clues birthday party. Right. If not more, it brought me more pleasure, and it was a it was a more simple thing. But it's really about what I felt inside because 
what it was important to me in my life was these children in front of me. And, and so those, those same feelings, even though working on these big conferences and meeting, you know, autism experts from around the world and, and those are wonderful feelings too of accomplishments and, and reaching certain expectations. But I had that same feeling doing something just what, what people would think was, you know, just a normal, be, yeah, yeah, just a normal activity. Right. Right. I think that's true for all of us. I mean, don't you just get overjoyed at the simplest things mm-hmm. that are probably normal for other people and it just can make your whole day. <laughs> I, I still, when, when Nathan's able to say, I love you and he says it and I, and he means it and he's not just echoing it. I still feel like that mom of that two-year-old, you know, that one and a half year old that's hearing those things. I don't even know what age kids start talking because mine were, we're still, we're working on it. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. So, I don't know either. I can't help you if that's true. <laughs> yes. This is Heather and Elizabeth. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, and, and so, yeah, we do, we get to feel, some of those first over and over again. And it's, and it's amazing. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Like socks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's back exactly. to the socks. People. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Zion took his own car to get a, a service appointment yesterday. Awesome. And we, we went through, I mean, it wasn't a real social story, but I totally went, <laughs> totally right. went through everything that you have to do. Right. <laughs> like you pull up to the door, you honk your horn. Right. <laughs> if they don't open the door. <laughs> right. <laughs> he was so nervous about it. But, um, and I, you know, you almost have to feel like you almost have to show him, oh, it's nothing. It's not a big deal. Right. You know, th- you can do this. Right. And then when, when he left to go do it, Jason looked at me. He was like, he's going to go do that. <laughs> <laughs> And then then Zion called me on the way home and uh, Jason said, I am so proud of him. I was like, that is a big deal to go get your oil changed at the Hyundai dealership where there's like five doors. You don't know which door you're supposed to go to. That's huge. (laughs) It's huge. I I don't like doing that. That makes me nervous. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't you in your mind like make it like check? Like I was. I I always do that in my head. I always check things off like, okay, got that done, covered, you know. That was yeah. successful. Yeah. So what yeah. was Zion when he got back home? Were there any issues? Did, did he say anything? Did he no, say anything? He sa- oh, yeah, he did. He said um, it was actually a recall on his car, and he was supposed to also get an oil change. But he said, well, they took care of the re- recall, but then he, they said the oil change was $119, and I just couldn't pay that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so he actually came away with no oil change. <laughs> oh. But he got the recall That's taken. <laughs> So, so hang on for part two. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so part two. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. That is good. You can Whoops. find us at www.navigatingadultautism.com oh, <laughs> and the Facebook page is Navigating Adult Autism. And now we have an email, moms at navigatingadultautism.com. Great. Thank you, Tara. Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks. <laughs>